You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again at OptionAlpha.com, working every single day to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online and in iTunes because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So again, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Today on this show, we want to talk about how we can help answer the question, what contract month and option strike price should I buy or sell? And this is a huge question. In fact, if you're listening to this, you probably have this question yourself and you're thinking to yourself, well, Kirk, okay, great. There should be one single like consistent framework to say, this is the contracts you should always do. And these are the strike prices you should always do. But the simple answer to that is no, unfortunately, there is not one unicorn option strategy out there. And so actually I'm going to take a step back and say this. I am begging the entire option alpha community, in fact, the entire options trading community to stop looking for the unicorn strategy. There is no one single, always the same consistent framework that works across all time periods and all implied volatility levels. It does not exist. Why is everyone continuing to look for this? The biggest takeaway that we had from when we did our profit matrix research, which you can go back to show, I believe, 100, where we talked about that a little bit more, was that there is no consistent strategy that works in all time periods and all strike prices and all contract months. Everything has to be dynamic. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't use one single strategy and then trade that for the rest of the year or a couple years. But that means that you're not going to be optimizing it as much as you should. It's like driving a car down the road and getting to your destination. At some points, you need to be driving faster. And at some points, you need to be driving slower. Sure, you could drive from point A to point B 30 miles an hour the entire time. But is that the most efficient use of that car? Maybe during the highway periods, you're driving 55, 60 miles an hour, right? That's what it is to trading for me. When there's better opportunities or when we know more information, we should tweak and kind of adjust our trajectory or how we're building out trades based on things like option month, time till expiration, strike prices, et cetera. So that's my plea today, first of all, is please, please stop worrying about finding the unicorn strategy because it does not exist. Everything should be dynamic. And when you think about it that way, it makes things a lot easier because every environment is going to be a little bit different than the next if you want to optimize things. Again, that's your choice. You can choose to optimize things and I think you'll get a lot more bang for your buck over time than if you just stick with one single strategy and never change it. So what I want to do in today's show is I want to kind of prove this concept here with some new backtesting research that we just ran this morning. And I think this helps out because it proves what I'm talking about, that you can't just use the same deltas in a different month and assume that everything's going to be exactly the same. Now, in some cases, it might. In some strategies, you might run a backtest and it might end up being the same. But a lot of the times that we're seeing when we do backtesting research is that one strategy may not work in the next month or may not work in the same environment, say 30 days versus 60 days out. It might be a completely different strategy that ends up working and you have to adjust for that. The key here 
in doing all this, and I, I say this with all like honesty, is I don't understand yet why more people are not back testing their trades or at least looking at doing some back testing variations because literally in 15 seconds you can get as much information as you possibly need to make a rational decision about what strategy you should go after. And why not do that in advance of actually putting your hard-earned money at risk? A lot of times people will email in and they'll say, Kirk, I, I traded this this month and then I traded it again. It didn't work, right? The problem there is that they just didn't trade enough first to begin with. But then I look at it and I backtest their strategy and I'm like, well, did you backtest this? Like this thing is going to lose, right? Like you actually probably got lucky that you maybe won two out of three months, right? You should probably stop trading that way. It's just fascinating to me, that psychology. So anyways, getting back on topic here for what we want to talk about with uh, backtesting. We went ahead and backtested an EWZ short straddle. I don't think we've talked about EWZ in any podcast that we've done, but I think this case study will help for sure and kind of, again, prove the concept of what we're talking about here, which is that everything has to be dynamic. So using our software, which you can grab at optionalpha.com slash toolbox, we went in and backtested basically 10 years of data on EWZ. EWZ is the Brazil kind of benchmark index ETF you can trade. Very liquid, very good, has some definitely some volatility in it, no doubt, which is why it's a good trading vehicle for sure if you want to get exposure to overseas markets and to Brazil. But we backtested a short straddle and the basic setup across all of these four different variations that we're going to go over is the following. So we didn't change any of these things I'm going to talk about now. The trade frequency was always weekly. And that doesn't mean that we traded weekly contracts. It just means that we entered at least a new trade every single week if we could. So if there was room in our portfolio and we had the ability, it's just literally one extra trade per week. Now that means that sometimes you'd have trades that overlapped and sometimes you wouldn't. But the idea is that you had more frequency than not. We're not entering one position every single month or every quarter. We've got a little bit of consistency in entering new trades here, which is really the point. So everything that we did was weekly entries. The other thing that we did is we standardized the overall allocation. So we just said, okay, for the sake of argument, let's do 10% of our portfolio into trades like this. So it's very, very small. It doesn't really matter. I mean, you can mess with it for sure and look at the allocations when you get into it. But in our case, we just want to do something different than 30 or 50%, which we've done on other podcasts. So we just did 10% allocation, 90% of your account is sitting in cash. 10% is in trades like an EWZ short straddle. We always took profits at 25%. So that's a pretty standard benchmark for short straddles. Again, doesn't mean that we should always take profits at 25%. There might be times where we need to take it at 50. But for the sake of this backtesting study that we did, we did every single trade was profit taking at 25% and we had no stop loss in place. So we went ahead and did these trades. If the trade was an absolute dump and loser, we took the full loss. If the trade went to expiration, we figured out what the trade loss was going to be at expiration and then closed the position and again, re-entered a new position. And then the last thing that we had is we had no IV rank filter. So we did not filter for any IV. This was just a pure, consistent, short straddle strategy. We wanted to focus, hyper-focus on both the days to expiration and the short strikes that we selected or the deltas that we selected. And so that's what we were trying to focus on. So in that case, we had no IV filter. We didn't say, okay, okay, if IV is over 25, then we'll make a trade. Nope. We just consistently made trades as much as possible in EWZ. So the first setup that we have here is we have the most pure short straddle possible. And we did a 30 day to expiration time period and short strikes at a 50 Delta, which means that we're selling the at the money strikes. 
So in this case, even though we're making trades every week, every week that we make a trade, we're targeting 30 days out. So we're still making trades against the monthly contracts that are as close to 30 days as possible. So this week, it might be 30 days. The next week, it might be you know 25 or 27 days, but as close to 30 days as possible. Now, when we did this trade, this trade ended up actually losing about $15,000. We started with a portfolio of about $250,000. You can adjust and tweak this, but it doesn't really matter what it is. It's all going to be relative. But this trade ended up losing about $15,000. And so it dramatically underperformed the market, obviously, because we didn't have a lot allocated to it. And it was basically just a bad setup for 30 days. So 30 days out on EWZ, short strike delta of 05 Taking profits at 25% didn't really work out. We lost $15,000. So what we ended up doing now is we ended up saying, okay, let's make a tweak to this. And again, you can edit these back tests literally in seconds. So you just click one button and then tweak your you know, uh, variables that you want to tweak and then rerun the analysis. So we made a tweak. We said, okay, well, maybe because we were doing this consistently in Ivy rank, we had no filter for it. Let's keep everything the same, 30 days to expiration on average, but now let's tweak the short strike deltas and let's not sell the true, air fingers quotes, true straddle. Let's sell a very, very tight strangle, almost like a straddle synthetic. So instead of doing the short strikes at a 50 delta, we did them at a 40 delta. So just slightly out of the money. Now, in this case, we're not going dramatically far out of the money. We're maybe going maybe a dollar or two out on either end for EWZ. So we're wondering to ourselves, okay, if we maybe just slightly widen out the width of the trade, we might take in more less premium, right? We know that we're going to take in less premium, but when we're targeting 30 days to expiration, does that improve the payoff diagram? Well, we ended up running this analysis and we ended up making $30,000. So again, not still anything major to write home about, but the idea behind just even this small tweak that took a couple seconds is now we know, okay, hey, if we're targeting 30 days, we want to at least trade something, you know, around a 40 delta, right? And then we can go back and play around with allocations and profit targets and IV rank. I mean, there's an endless possibility of how you can kind of optimize this. But in this raw case here, 30 days to expiration, it was better to at least start looking at it at a 40 delta versus a 50 delta. Remember, at a 50 delta, you ended up losing $15,000. At a 40 delta, that one small tweak about which strike prices you should choose, you ended up making $30,000. So it's like a $45,000 difference in your P&L. That's huge, right? All right, so now what we want to do is we wanted to see if maybe applying the same concept that we just learned in the 30-day to expiration strategy, if we applied that same concept to the 60-day to expiration setup, would we get the exact same results? So what we did is we kept everything the same, and now we started targeting 60 days out every week that we made a trade. So again, the only thing that we made a difference in is just, are we targeting option expiration 30 days out or 60 days out when we actually make a trade, one month or two months? Now, here's where I guarantee a lot of people don't even have a second thought about this. They would run that analysis or they'd hear what I was saying here and they'd say, okay, done, got it, awesome. I'm just gonna make trades now. Basically, if I'm doing EWZ and I'm going 30 days out or 60 days out, doesn't matter, I wanna do a 40 delta because that ends up making more money or at least it ends up being profitable. But that's where you fall into the trap of assuming that this one setup or this one tweak is now applicable to every single option days to expiration. It's applied to 10 and 20 and 40 and 50 and 60, et cetera, but it's not. 
So here's what we did. We tested the same setup with 60 days to go until expiration. So again, no IV rank, 10% of our portfolio, profit taking at 25%, no stop loss. And we went out and we tried the 40 delta 60 days out. Now, when we tried the 40 delta 60 days out, we ended up losing, get this, $80,000 in the same setup. So now we can see, okay, that is not the same. Trading 60 days out on EWZ versus trading 30 days out creates a dramatically different payoff diagram, right? So now we're thinking to ourselves, okay, well, now it's better to trade 30 days out. And that's true in this case, right? So trading 60 days out and at the 40 delta, you lost $80,000. Now let's tweak it one more time. So now we ran one more scenario and we said, okay, now what would happen if at 60 days out, we went back to the 50 short strike delta, the true short straddle. Well, when you trade 60 days out and you do the short strike delta at 50, you actually lost $41,000. Now you still lost compared to the 30 day time period, but now you can see that when you're 60 days out, hopefully you guys are seeing this, when you're 60 days out, trading at the 50 delta was better. And when you're 30 days out, trading at the 40 delta was better. Right now, in all of these cases, trading 30 days out and at the 40 delta one of all four of these scenarios. But the point of doing this backtesting study on today's podcast is to show you that when you change one factor, when you change how far out you are to expiration, it does not mean that you can automatically bring the other stuff with you and it will work the same. We saw this now get flipped. So when you're 60 days out, a 50 delta ended up losing less money than a 40 delta. But when you're 30 days out, a 50 delta lost more money than you made on a 40 delta, right? It's crazy how this happens. And and even if you're kind of going through this here, hopefully on today's show and just thinking about it, you start to see now maybe why some of the strategies that you've done before in the past, you try to replicate them in different time periods or in different market environments, and it doesn't work as well. And that's because it's different. It's a different market environment. It's a different period. The 60 day to expiration contracts behave differently than 40 and 30 and 20, right? Contracts behave differently and pricing is different in high implied volatility versus low. Your portfolio and your sequence of returns are dramatically different when you allocate 50% to a trade and have five losing trades in a row than if you allocated 10% and have five losing trades in a row. There's a lot of moving stuff in here. It's not to scare you. It's to hopefully get you engaged in this process and hopefully help you make smarter decisions, more rational thought behind what you should do. So hopefully this case study was really helpful today. Again, it's not that you should use this as the end all be all for how you should make determinations for choosing contract months and strike prices. But I hope just showing you guys this helps bring a little bit more awareness to the idea that everything we do has to be a little bit more dynamic. It really does. And that's how we're going to get, you know, above average returns. That's how we're going to increase our edge and reduce our volatility in our account is by figuring out what market environments work best for different situations and then creating a strategy that works best in that single environment. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question. 
Hi, Kirk. My name is Steve Gans, and my wife and I have been subscribers for a couple of years, and I had two quick questions for you. One of them relates to your recent episode 114 on going inverted. Now, I have uh, used inverted trades for quite some time now. I understand them fairly well for the most part, but I did have an additional question that you did not really address in that episode, and that is once I am inverted. So let's say I've inverted my trade so that I have $24 puts and maybe I have $22 calls, so I am inverted by $2. So I know that I'm going to have to pay at least a minimum of $2 to close out that trade at some point. But my question is this, as I get near expiration, if I have a belief that this uh, stock, whatever it is, is gonna continue trading in a range of 22 to 24, could I not roll out my $24 short puts and my $22 short calls for maybe another you know, 15 to 30 days and pick up yet an additional bit of premium? I've always heard people say, once you go inverted, that's the, the end of the game, if you will, and you just close it out as close to expiration as you can. But I, in the back of my mind, I'm wondering why couldn't I possibly roll out that inverted trade for yet some additional premium? So that's question number one. The second question has to do more with when to roll a single strike that is going against you. So let's say, for example, a stock is trading around $27. Maybe I sold a $25 put, and then over a period of a day or two, that stock drops down to around $23. So I'm in the money by a couple of dollars, and that thing is pressured. And maybe I'm 15 days away or so from expiration. My question is more about when to consider rolling that. So, of course, if there's been a rapid drop over a couple of days, IV is going to be high. It's going to be very expensive for me to purchase back my near-term short put. But I'm also probably going to get a little more premium if I go and sell my further out when I do the roll, selling my further output, again, because IV is a little bit higher. My other possibility is to wait until that um, higher IV subsides and that stock stabilizes a little bit, then of course I should be able to buy that short put back for a little cheaper because volatility will fall in out of it. But of course I'm probably not gonna get as much when I roll out either because for the same reason, volatility will have lightened up on it as well. So I may be splitting hairs here, but I'm kind of curious, is that usually a better practice to roll while it is under pressure and volatility is high? Or is it better to attempt to wait until volatility maybe subsides before you roll something out? All right. Hey, Steve. First of all, thank you so much for being longtime members. I really appreciate it, as always. So to your question about you know trades that are inverted by $2 and then you start getting towards expiration, can you roll those inverted spreads? The answer to that question is yes, you can roll inverted spreads. And we've actually done that a number of times. So when you roll and you take an inverted spread and you roll it to the next month, you should and hopefully should still continue to get a net credit for that role. And if you get a net credit for that role, that only helps pad the inversion. So if I roll a trade to the next month, I'm always hoping to increase the credit in the trade so that helps widen out the break even points and or covers and reduces the loss on the position. So yes, you can absolutely roll inverted spreads. Now your other question was, well, when do you roll strikes? So you had a $27 stock, it went down and you're short the 25 puts, the stock drops to 23, 
and you're 15 days away from expiration, when do you roll? Well, look, that's something that we are definitely learning a little bit more about in some of the back testing research that our team has been doing. I don't have all the data on that, but here's what I can tell you from the profit matrix report and some of the early back testing data we have on adjustments is that you typically want to give the stock a lot of time to work. So being more patient with your roles, I think ends up working out a little bit better. That doesn't mean that rolling early is always going to be least effective compared to rolling late. But what we found is that if you give the security enough time to get closer to expiration and let the probabilities really work themselves out, you end up being better off. So my general guideline right now, and this is always, I always use the disclaimer that I reserve the right to change this based on research that I, you know, learn. And when we get more data on this, we might change this, right? But right now, What I do a lot with my roles is I don't roll unless we're in the expiration month that that contract expires and more so the last like week or so of expiration. I always try to adjust first. So I always try to keep the position the same month versus trying to roll it and adjust it to the next month. If we adjust and we can't get anything done and we go inverted or we don't, and then we're getting close to expiration, it's like the last week or two, then I'll try to roll it to the next month. But I try to give the thing as much time as humanly possible. So hopefully this helps out. As always, if you guys have any questions that you want to hear me answer or live on the podcast or on Facebook and Periscope, head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask and give me a private voicemail. Leave me a private voicemail there. Just click the big red button in the middle of the screen. Super easy to do. There's no software to download or install. You can see Steve and a bunch of other people have already done it. And we are taking these first come, first serve. So don't be shy about getting your questions in. Even if you think we've answered them before in the past, it's always good to hear more questions from you guys. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. Moving forward. All right, so in today's closing bell segment, I want to go through a new trade that we just placed in FXI. So FXI is a Chinese, it's basically the China index uh, ETF that tracks the Chinese markets. And so in FXI, it's trading right around $48 or so right now. And so what we want to do, $47 and change or so. And so what we want to do here is we want to place a very simple short strangle. So this is a very basic building block style trade, but implied volatility is generally high right now. So implied volatility on FXI is around the 62nd rank, which is is pretty decently high. It's not as high as it's been before in the past, but it's certainly not low by any stretch. And so what we're doing is we're selling about the 15 deltas on either end. So we're selling the 15 delta calls at the 50 strike and then the 15 delta puts at the 42 strike, which you can see there's a little bit of skew in here. So the markets are already maybe pricing in a little bit of downside risk maybe uh, by allowing us to sell those puts a little bit further out and actually for a little bit more money than the call side. So we'll see what happens. We're only going to do a couple contracts as always. We're going to consistently trade this and start to ladder into more positions. But this is our first setup for May expiration in FXI. And uh, we're taking in a pretty decent credit here of about 78 cents. So the margin's not too bad to carry. So we like this position. Again, it's just another entry, another uh, trade that we can kind of chalk up and start selling some premium on. So again, FXI short strangle. If you are an iron condor trader or you're trading in a, a risk defined account, you can also look to buy the 52 calls and buy the 40 puts, which would create a $2 
widespread on either side and create a risk-defined profile, which you can do in any type of account. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you guys enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional ideas and training from today's show by going to optionalpha.com slash show 127. Again, that's just the number 127, optionalpha.com slash show 127. Until next time, happy trading.